0: Welcome back to the Shadcast. Ugh. Ronnie, that coffee is too hot. It's burning my tongue. Welcome back to the Shadcast. I, of course, am your host. William the Shatman. Shatman. And on today's episode, I got some frozen Pop-Tarts. That, uh... Because as they say, in in the business of show business... Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, is what they say in show business. Um, On today's episode, Ronnie promises to do a very good job if I promise to play this voicemail first. So we're going to play this stupid voicemail from his stupid troll friends on the podcast. So here you go. Hi, Ronnie.
1: I really need you to call me now. My parents are getting very angry and the baby won't stop making these noises
0: they're horrible well Ronnie as i said once and i will say again there's no possible way that baby is george and you know how i know that as you you are are you are a certified liar because you told me months ago that if you took the famous Mickey Rourke and Tom Allen film, Wild Hogs, and you put that on mute, and you pay, played Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon in the background, it would sync up perfectly. And you even, as a, as a sound art project, which I don't even understand how it, sound, uh, how it qualifies as sound art, uh... As new, media, new media art? Well, it doesn't qualify as new media art either. As your new media art project, you took the film Wild Hogs, starring Tom Allen and Mickey Rourke, and in the background, you put Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon on, you put it on VHS, which how is it new media art, if you're using old media, and you called it Wild Side of the Hogs. And I, re- I reached out to Tom Allen on Twitter, the official Tom Allen Twitter account, at Tim Allen here, and he told me that this was hogwash, that this was wild hogwash, that there were no drugs on set, this, this, them syncing up was not intentional, it's just a bunch of hippies on drugs thinking that it, thinking that it sinks up when it doesn't, that Wild Hogs was a completely dry set, and I'm sure if we called up Mickey Rourke, he would probably say the same thing. So that's how I know, because you lied about that one thing. That's how I know you're lying about this baby. And that, uh, this is not a crank call. Which I do not appreciate. But anyways, other voicemails we got. We got a movie, Mick Fishman. He always really likes the show. Let's play his voicemail next.
2: Willie Chapman, it's your Asian movie Fishman face. Anyhow, baby, I just wanted to give you an update. The Qataris has caught up to me at Phyllis's wake. We had a negotiation. They took my little toe off my left foot as payment for your garbage. So keep Studio Ronnie off Twitter. I ain't losing any more bestical organs for his shenanigans. And this shit, if you shit sell out your tickets for $95 for your tour, what are you gonna net? Like $2.50 after your expenses? You're selling yourself for nothing, baby. I got another deal for you here. I'm sure you know Bird's Bees, the lip balm company. All about keeping your lips moist and shit. Anyhow, Willie's wasps. It's lip balm infused with wasp venom. See, lips, there's always none. You never know when you tapped anymore, baby. They're offering you 25 bucks and a year's supply. This is a deal you can't miss, Will. Willie's Wasps. William the Chapman Chapman. It's a pair made in heaven. Call me back, baby.
0: Well, I just gotta say that Willie's. Wasps sounds like the perfect deal for the Chapman I do love chapstick. I am a, I am a chap head as they say, in the in the chapstick business. And I would love that. I would I would love to to work with Burt's Bees for Willie's Wasps. And maybe on his upcoming tour, we could sell the tubes of chapstick at the merch table. But um. That reminds me. Have we heard back uh, from from Gary Gloss? The guy that pisses me off. Have we heard back from him? I told you to reach out because I'm, um, I'm I'm front stage material. And um, as as movie McFishman says, stop lowering the prices of my tickets too. Because it's uh, this is I need to make as much money as possible. I don't know if you know this. I may be a communist in my other timeline, but in this, then this shit timeline, I gotta, I gotta make some money. So, yeah, I guess, uh, he left another message. Okay, well, we can play that now.
3: Mr. Shatner, this is Gary Bliss from the Mystic in Seattle. I'm just calling you to say that, uh, uh we got a little bit of a situation here. Now, <laughs> A few moments ago, a gentleman from a theater rental company stopped by and dropped off numerous crates of what appears to be very sophisticated lighting equipment, tech boards, speakers, uh, some set pieces. Looks like we got some fabrics for costuming here. You know, he's saying he was delivering them on your behalf. So now I have about 40 crates of this stuff stacked in the middle of my lobby. Okay, so. Uh, I reached out to Ronnie about this, said we had all these crates in here. What are you going to do about that? He told me to have my technical crew unpack the crates and load them onto the main stage theater. And then he sent me a bunch of specs about how he wanted this equipment configured, included some YouTube videos and, and I don't know, some some keyboard things, okay? Then he hung up. Alright, so uh, this is unacceptable. Now. Let me be clear on a couple of things. One, you do not and will not have access to our Main Stage Theater. The Main Stage is a union house. And even if you were a professional company, show, tour or act, it is booked for the next three years. In fact, Strictly Siegfried will be performing on the Main Stage the evening that your chat show thing will be going on in the cellar space. You agreed to this. You signed a contract for this. You will be in the seller space. Two, there will be no unpacking or loading in of anything by anyone. We will not be providing you with a run crew. There is no technical staff for this. There is no tech process. Okay. The day of a company representative will take you down to the cellar twenty minutes before curtain. You will have that brief time to make minimal adjustments to the room. Now whatever shows up to be your audience at that time will be let down five minutes before your showtime. Okay? That that is your tech. If you want lighting effects, you can turn the lights on and off via a switch on the wall. If you want music, you can use the boombox in the room. We also have a lectern and a small movable platform, should you need it. Folding chairs will be set up for your audience. And, you know, hey, if you require a projector, you can rent one from our facilities department for a nominal fee. That will be set up in advance. But that's it. That's all you're getting from us. Now, as for these crates of equipment, I I cannot have stacks of this stuff cluttering my lobby, especially when we have a show on the main stage. I will not be storing any of this stuff for you because I have no space for it. Okay? Now, in 15 minutes... 15, if I do not hear back from you, or Ronnie, or anyone involved or associated with your show, I will have my staff strike all of the crates out of our theater and into the back alley. Okay? Mr. Shatner, I cannot keep hand-holding you through this process. I've gone over everything with you and Ronnie by phone and by email repeatedly. I hope you take a moment to appreciate the tone of my voice right now because I cannot keep devoting my time to this matter or you are set. I have run out of patience, okay? Goodbye, Mr. Shatner.
0: This is completely unacceptable. I'm not going to be... I am William the Shatman Shatman, and I am not going to be talked to to that way by someone who runs... A theater? A theater? I'm a movie star, and I was a spy and soldier in the secret space program, and I'm a time traveler, uh, an interdimensional traveler, and... I've gone to a raptor wedding, so... I'm not going to be talked to this way by someone who puts on little plays in a theater. Plays are not movies. Plays are not in a Hollywood. Oh, you're on Broadway. You 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 have curtains. Movie theaters have curtains too, and we don't we don't brag about the curtain call at the movies. We just play the credits and people stand up and clap. People stand up and clap at the end of the movie. Why do they do it? No one knows. Are they clapping for the for the projection person? No. Are they clapping for for the popcorn? No. They're clapping for the actors and the directors who aren't even, and the the key grips who aren't even there because the movie was already filmed somewhere else and then it's being shown there. But they're so overwhelmed by by the power of movie magic that they stand up and clap. But plays? You have to do that in person. That is pathetic. And I'm not going to be talked to that way by someone who has to do things in person in 2021 in the age of technology. So I'm going to, I'm going to call my lawyer again. I'm going to call my lawyer again and we're going to get this all worked out. Oh, we got a message. We got a message from Thomas. Okay. We're going to play message from Thomas. Hopefully we can get all this shit worked out because I'm fucking, I'm tired of, I'm tired of the disrespect the shop man deserves more than this, than this disrespect by someone who's in plays.
1: Hey, William, this is your attorney Thomas. I got your voicemail this morning, uh, regarding the mystic theater up there in Washington. So you're telling me that you're angry that they are putting you in the cellar space instead of having you on the main stage. And also, you shouldn't be forced to pay the difference in sales if you're not able to. If you're not able to, uh, what does it say here? Um, Sell at least 30% of the seats. Uh, So, I went ahead and looked at the contract that you signed with the Mystic, and unfortunately, William, it's pretty airtight. Um. You agreed to be in the seller space and you agreed with the disclaimer that you are obligated to fill at least 30% of the seats. Um, in Seattle contract law, they're pretty strict on interpretation of contracts. Uh, they look at the four corners of the document and they don't consider any extraneous side deals um, or anything outside of that contract, okay? They look, they look at the four corners of the document, um, and within the four corners of the document, that's how they infer, um, you know, the intent, the the parties, the subject matter of the con- uh, of the of the contract, what your obligations are, what their obligations are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, rarely are you able to get out of a contract like this. Um, the only Options I could think of are the following, okay? Um, We could anticipatorily breach and say, hey, we're not going to be coming to the Mystic. Uh, We are not going to perform our obligations, and we're going to sue um, based on a defensive formation in that there was a mistake Um, And that you were mistaken that you thought that you were going to be getting onto the main stage at the Mystic. That's what you contracted for. That's what you thought that you were contracting for. Um, And because you thought that you were contracting for the Mystic uh, main stage, because, I mean, obviously you're William the Shatman Chatman, you're not some, you know, bottom-feeding cellar dweller, right? So you thought that you were going to be on the main stage, and because they put you in the cellar, that defeats your intent of contracting with them. So basically, we'd be arguing a mistake of formation. The problem with that, though, William, is that it's costly litigation. Okay, we could be in court with these people for a couple of years fighting on this one issue. And unfortunately, in my experience with contract law, rarely does a court um, entertain that kind of defense, especially with a document that is written like this one. All right, especially with a written contract like this. Rarely do they avoid a contract on that defense. Um, So the the only other thing I could think of, the only other thing I could think of doing to uh, basically avoid the entire contract and all of our obligations is under the frustration of purpose doctrine. Okay? So, in short, the frustration of purpose doctrine allows a party to avoid the entire contract if an unexpected or superseding event happens that destroys the principal purpose of that contract or or the principal purpose of that party who entered into that contract. If something like that happens, uh, the party is allowed to ask the court Uh, for uh, basically the equitable remedy of rescinding that entire contract and avoiding their obligations on that contract. Um, So in order to really apply this defense, what we need to have happen is for the Mystic to have an unfortunate event happen to it. Um, So what I'm proposing is I know... I know some guys in the uh, North, Pacific Northwest area, Northern California even, that are masters at fire insurance scams. They run them all the time for restaurants and other various businesses. Um, and they are masters at making places burn down and making them look like there was an electrical fire. And with these old theaters, like the Mystic, uh, they're known for faulty wiring And so I'm pretty sure that they could rig something up to make it look like an electrical fire. And so if we could get the Mystic to burn down before your performance is due, um, the Frustration of Purpose Doctrine kicks in and we no longer have obligation to perform on that contract. The only thing we may be on the hook for is the security deposit because those are rarely ever um, refunded. But it would still be less damages for you than being obligated to uh, pay for all of the tickets that we weren't able to sell. And it would also save you the embarrassment of having to perform in the seller space. You don't want to do that anyway. So I think that this is the best bet. I think that we should go for uh, the frustration of purpose. Um, if you agree, go ahead and give me a call back and I could get in contact with the guys I know uh, and uh, we could get the ball rolling on this. Um, but yeah, those that's my advice. That's the best I could come up with. If you have any other suggestions, I mean, feel free to call me, but I think this is the best pathway. All right. All right, William, I will talk to you soon, my man. Take it easy. (sighs) (sighs) Bye-bye.
0: What? Huh? What? Oh, we're still, we're, we're still on the air. Okay. Thank you to Thomas for that legal advice. Uh, sorry that I fell asleep a little bit. I think it was the combination of the, the Pop-Tarts and all the, the legal mumbo jumbo. And I think Studio Ronnie might've given me decaf. Uh, when I, I need my, I need my coffee like I need my gas. Let But, uh, that, that sounds great, Thomas. Go, Ronnie, go ahead and give Thomas a call back. Tell him whatever he wants to do. Uh, I trust his legal advice so we can go ahead and do it and we will be back with you on the chatcast probably tomorrow maybe the day after if i take a day off i've been working a lot and this this tour is getting kind of stressful i might need to i mean it might need to jump on the old hog and, and and take off for a little bit but we will be back with you uh after a while stay shatty, everyone